This is the magic of compassion. I'm Little Wu, and today's topic or question is secrets to longevity from observing my centenarian grandma.、Uh, I call her Papa, which means grandma in Cantonese, but it's very specific. It actually means the mum of your mum.、Uh, so, okay, so Papa. Is my grandma, and she is 103 years old. People have been studying centenarians for a while now, and they've discovered several communities around the world that have a lot of centenarians. And so, of course, they've wanted to see what are the dominant、um, activities, what are the guidelines for living a long life. And so, I want to look that up first to compare to what I've observed in my grandma. And so, the the three communities that they studied were、uh, Sardinia in Italy. And Okinawa in Japan, and then、uh, this place in California called、uh, Loma Linda, which is a, a community of Seventh Day Adventists. Here's what they discovered、uh, in Sardinia: the keys that they felt were a secret to that community's longevity was、uh, lots of like long life of hard work. So very physical labor,、uh, but labor that they didn't mind, and and they were very you know physically active, and family, strong family connections, and eating homegrown food. So just whatever they were growing there, they were eating. So no processed food. So that's that was part of what they thought might be their secret.、Um, in Okinawa, Japan, there's some some very interesting concepts that were brought up. One is、um, ikigai. So that sense of life purpose, and that the people practice this awareness of their ikigai. What is their life purpose? What is what they call the reason to get up in the morning? And so having a really deep connection to why you must get up every morning, why you want to get up, what your goals are, helps you maybe to have longevity, according to this community. And, so, and they also had another practice called the moai, and that is a, a support network that、um, is like a lifelong support network. It could be a dozen people or a little bit. More, where they provide each other financial, emotional, and、um, you, you know support throughout their life.、It、doesn't have to be family. And then the other、uh, concept that came up for the、uh, Okinawans is this idea of hara hachibu, which is I'm not, not sure if I'm saying it correctly, but it's about eating till you're 80% full. And so that was some of the concepts that were coming up as to what they thought was the secret to lo- their longevity. The third community, the Seventh Day Adventist community,、um, what they thought was that they were all vegetarians, so they did not eat red meat.、Uh, they eat mostly grains and vegetables、um, and nuts. And they also had a strong social network. They spent a lot of time socializing with other churchgoers.、Uh, and of course, finally, the last part was that they felt they had a deep purpose around the religion. So again, there's a similarity about having a strong purpose. Um, and have having a strong social network.、Uh, in another book,、um, just、uh, called the Longevity Project, the authors Dr. Howard Freeman and Dr. Leslie Martin explain that those who live longer and going to read a quote had often complex pattern of persistence, prudence, hard work, and close involvement with friends and communities. So again, there's that idea of hard work、um, and having a strong community. Uh, looking at all these articles, I see that there's a bunch of things that keep coming up that you won't be surprised to hear. Of course, exercise, not smoking, not drinking, sleep,、uh, a good diet,、um, having good genes, of course,、uh, having a strong community. Again, that comes up.、Um, wealth, interestingly enough, of course, they didn't say that wealth ensured that you would live long, but that poverty was definitely an issue in shortening your lifespan. There have been cases of people living in deep poverty that live very long lives, but that was a m- more Generic、uh, truth that they found.、Um, education was found to extend life. The, every year of education that you achieved expanded your life, according to some studies.、Uh, positive attitude,、uh, 
uh, and stress reduction. Those are the two other things that came up a lot in the articles that I read. Okay, so now to, to my grandmother. These are the things that I've observed watching my grandmother over the years because she lived with us when I was growing up. So I've always, uh, since I was born, I lived in a family where there was a grandma living in the house with us. And so my papa lived in the next room. And, um, and so I got to watch her over the years. She, so exercise, I'm going through each one. Exercise. She didn't believe in exercise. She said it wastes qi. So qi is the Chinese word for life force. And um, she felt that it wastes qi. And that's her philosophy. So she didn't exercise. Uh, smoking and alcohol, she didn't smoke, but she did have a little bit of alcohol periodically, but it was a very, very little. And in sleep, she used to stay up late up until she was about 100. She would stay up till midnight or 1 a.m. And um, she would sleep in a little bit, but she didn't go to bed early. So that's something that a lot of people believe. You go to bed early, it's better for your health. Well, in her case, um, might be an anomaly. I don't know, but she did, she did like to stay up late. Um, diet. She ate pretty much everything. She ate all kinds of meat. Um, she doesn't eat beef, but she does eat pork, lamb, other types of red meat, chicken, uh, seafood. Uh, but she also did eat a lot of processed foods. She ate all kinds of snacks and chips. And as some of you might have seen my little story, she loved hickory sticks. Uh, and she ate sweets and she ate, uh, you know, she didn't drink much liquid, um, only some tea, not too much water. Um, so again, she wasn't seemingly to be very hydrated, but that didn't seem to affect her longevity. Social network. This is where it's very, um, uh, it's been a common thing that's brought up. And I would say that she, she really is a loner, has a very cynical view of people. She, she'd rather not talk to people. Um, and she, when she gets to know someone eventually quite quickly, she starts to dislike them. But she does have her family, my mom, my sister and I, we are her threesome family that has always been there to support her. So that could be a really important factor that she knew we were always going to be there to help her. Um, and wealth, that was a topic that came up earlier, as I said, well, there's some truth maybe to that. She married my grandpa who was wealthy at the time. He was uh, a very high ranking military officer who also was an entrepreneur who built all kinds of, uh, he owned a radio station and a dock and like he, and a school and just, he was, he was very wealthy. He lived in a beautiful house, but when the communists came in China, they, my grandfather lost everything. And then he went to live in the poorest ghetto of Hong Kong in order to help the other disenfranchised soldiers. So he was a man of deep duty and he went to live in extreme poverty to help the other soldiers and, and give out food. And he, so he lived the rest of his life there mostly in poverty with my mom. But my grandmother got a job right away as soon as that happened and lived with this doctor and um, had a, a, a chef even like cook for her and his servants. So she lived a very basic life of very little work and she didn't have to live in the poor ghetto. So maybe that kind of experience of wealth is part of her longevity. Um, education, unclear. We don't know how much education she has. Um, she doesn't speak very much English, but um, she does know how to read uh, Chinese, of course. So, and she has skills like sewing and cooking and positive attitude, which is the next thing. Um, she was very secretive about her life. She has been all along, no matter how often we ask, she was really reluctant to tell us anything. So I would assume that there might've been some trauma or some shame around her past, which we don't know. Um, and her negativity about people, her cynicism might be a result of some of her life experiences, of course. 
Um, she fought with my mom the whole time that she lived with us. She was very, uh, um, she really wanted independence and she disliked me in particular growing up, tried to make up stories about things that I did that weren't true. And I couldn't, I, I was in trouble all the time because of my grandma. That was something that I thought, well, she's not a very happy person. She was angry all the time. Um, good habits. Well, here's where something is true, that she had some habits that she kept their whole life. And there were very secret rituals that she did in her room because she didn't share them with us. But somehow, you know, we peeked and kind of noticed that she had these rituals. She would do stretches every day. Uh, they were just like touching her toes um, and a little bit of cross body. Uh, so that's a brain synchronization exercise. So she would, you know, tap her body from right to left and do some stretches by touching her toes. And that she did every day until her mid-90s. And she soaked her feet in warm water at night. So that was a ritual that she did. And she also chewed slowly. So when she ate her food, she wouldn't just wolf it down. She ate significant amount of food, but she would always chew it very thoroughly. So chewing very thoroughly, and maybe part of chewing thoroughly allows her to maybe not overeat, even though she was eating significant amounts. So maybe that um, harahachibu concept in the Japanese culture was kind of part of maybe her generation of not overeating. And of course, having gone through war and, and potential poverty, you tend to be a little bit aware of your consumption levels. Um, stress reduction is the final thing, and here is where I think her secret is. So I would say of all the things I've seen of her, many things are anomalies, that the number one thing that she does or is able to naturally embody is a lack of worry. She just doesn't stress or worry about things not happening for her, and things always happen for her. So even when my grandpa and my mom had to live in a ghetto in Hong Kong, she ended up finding um, a position as, a, as an administrative assistant for a doctor, you know, she just didn't worry and then things worked out. She didn't worry about her future over there and my, my parents sponsored her and she had everything taken care of, no financial stress. She doesn't, doesn't worry about how old she's getting. She's 103 and every time something needed to happen, we would take care of it and she just didn't worry. Uh, when my mom got hit by a car and was hospitalized and unable to walk and all these things were happening, my grandmother didn't worry. And when my mom went through all this like emotional stuff with her divorce, my grandmother just didn't worry. I deeply feel that she was born with this lack of worry and that her uh, kind of maybe her cynicism and her lack of compassion is more learned protection um, uh, mode. But the lack of worry is maybe in innately born within her. And the last kind of little thing is that, uh, you know, my, um, my sister and her partner, Adam, Estelle and Adam, uh, have this joke that my, gra my grandma's like the honey badger. If you've seen the YouTube meme, uh, honey badger don't care. Honey badger just takes what it wants. It's kind of like a joke, but it's kind of true. My, my grandma's kind of like a honey badger. She's not grateful, so she doesn't have a gratitude practice. <laughs> she doesn't have a good attitude. She's just like, honey badger don't care. Honey badger want this. Maybe we can learn a little bit from honey badger grandma <laughs> that sometimes we, um, in our practice of compassion, in our compassionate um, you know, view of the world, we maybe worry too much. And the deepest part of compassion for me has been to trust in the divinity of others. Now, that's not my grandmother's practice. That's my practice. But by practicing and seeing the superhero or the divine being in each person, we might stop worrying about everybody and just trust in their ability to handle what 
what life gives us and that we're here to learn those teachings. So that's, that's my view. I don't tend to stress too much, but I do care a lot about people. And so I think a lot about what's going on with my friends and family. And, I, and I, I, sometimes I feel sad that I can't do more to help. My grandmother doesn't lift a finger, doesn't think about helping others. <laughs> so she might be too extreme, but we can learn a little bit from Honey Badger Grandma to know how to ask for what you want, to not worry about others. Um, and to really do everything you can to reduce worry and stress in your life. Have some good habits that you stick to and really stop worrying. Uh, please send me your questions about life, universe, about emotions. Uh, and my email is treasures at littlewood.org. I love helping this way. So please send me your questions. That helps me. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one sessions, workshops, or online classes, visit littlewood.org. Lots of love.